Hello, friend and colleague. It's Nikki from Full Voice Music on the podcast today, episode 174. My special guest is Carly Walton. She is the inspired human behind teachmusic.online. Now, Carly was an online teacher years before the pandemic, and she actually started coaching other teachers about working online in late 2019. She now hosts a vibrant community and a fabulous podcast all about teaching music online. Today, we are talking about online pedagogy, marketing, business, and life balance right here on the Full Voice Podcast. Hello, friend, colleague, welcome, and thank you. Thank you for pressing play and choosing the Full Voice Podcast. I hope, I hope you're having a great day. If you're listening to this podcast at time of release or close to it, Happy New Year. It's 2023. I hope that the holidays were exactly what you needed. I hope they were restful and rejuvenating. And my wish for you, my my New Year's wish for all my friends and colleagues is that self-care is part of your goals and part of your priorities because uh, it's a lot of effort holding space for people and teaching. It, it, is, it requires us to be um, uh, on top of those things. So that's my wish for you. My New Year's wish is that you take good care of yourself this year. Now, I do have, before I invite my fabulous guest, I do have a quick reminder, a timely reminder. So if you are listening to this at time of release, and if you are part of the VIP newsletter on our website, if you sign up for the newsletter, you will be part of our VIP community and VIPers get our freebies. Uh, and I want to give you a little backstory. So the freebie this month is called The Sushi Song Warm-Up. And I was inspired to write that with my colleague, Mim, uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I love sushi. Sushi is one of my favorite meals. Um, I think it's fun. And uh, sushi's always been kind of a, a thing we would do if we were celebrating something like a birthday or a big event. We'd go out for sushi. Now, fun fact. You would think that because I live 20 minutes away from the Atlantic Ocean, that there would be lots of sushi places around here, but there is not. And we actually had to special order the sushi in. It was a big deal. Anyhow, it was delicious. Now, I do want to shout out to my friend Stephanie, who lives in Japan, who saw the picture on Facebook, who said that that was, well, she didn't say right out, but she did question whether or not it was authentic sushi. Now, obviously, that we don't live in Japan. It's not. But uh, Stephanie tells me that her and her husband will retire soon and they are going to come to Nova Scotia and they're going to open a sushi shop. And that, friends, right there, sushi shop is a fabulous tongue twister. So there you go. Anyhow, so the sushi song warm-up is a fun little little warm-up song comes with a band track if you're on the VIP news list you uh, newsletter list you will get a copy of it but friends it's time sensitive it will eventually go into our store and be part of our library so if you want to take advantage of it and get it for free make sure you sign up now without 
further delay. Friends, I'm excited to introduce and to share this wonderful conversation with Carly Watson. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, Carly Walton. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm doing so great. Thanks for having me. I am excited to talk to you for many reasons, and I have a very long list of questions. (laughs) Uh, You uh, have been kind of in the forefront and and helping teachers for quite some time with Teaching Music Online. That's the name of your website, Teach Music Online. I'm going to get uh, you to just introduce yourself and tell everybody a little bit about how you got started and and your experience and just give them a little a little bio for yeah, of what, sure. of what you've done. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I've been teaching piano online for many years. So I I started in around 2014 teaching online through Skype, and mo- I started with it because I had some students move out of state. And I didn't want to lose them. And I thought, I'm just going to ask their mom if they want to do lessons on Skype. I've never tried it. (laughs) And it actually turned out really well. And I immediately saw it as an opportunity to grow my studio, to keep students, to do all kinds of things with my piano lessons that I had never thought before. And previous to that, I felt like I was kind of that burnt out teacher where I was traveling to all my students' homes. I was working at a charter school during the day, teaching choral education, and then going home and just traveling. And I just felt like it wasn't what I envisioned as a musician. I I didn't have a ton of time. I was spending a lot of money on gas. And so when I had that experience with my first online lessons and saw that I could come home from my day job, open my laptop, and have a lesson with my students, I just thought, this is the future of education. And this was oh, in 2014. Wow. So, yeah. So from then, I thought, you know, I'm going to start transitioning students online, or if I have students move, I picked up some students. I went to Berkeley College of Music, and so I had students in Boston that I wasn't teaching any longer because I had moved. So I picked some students back up, and over the course of around two years, transitioned my studio online. And my husband and I decided to travel the world, and I would take my students online with me. And that was in 2017 that we did that. Wow. Wow. I love, this is so exciting because, you know, a lot of teachers, uh, I mean, they know of online teaching because they were forced to because of the pandemic, but you were doing it way before then and seeing the opportunity. And I love that you talked about Skype because Skype is how we used to do our first podcasts. And back Uh, I think it was, I don't know, probably about 2017, we had this winter that was horrible and there was all these cancellations and my students and parents were getting a little stressed out with how many lessons they were missing. So I I did the same thing. I'm like, well, let's try an online lesson. And it wasn't horrible. Yeah. And yeah. And there are so many tools now that we couldn't live without, but I, I always tell my teachers that are just jumping online, like don't go spend a lot of money because... I taught for five years with just my laptop <laughs> and a MIDI keyboard. Like you don't actually, they're not essential to teaching online. Now we want to give our students the best experience. So why not have tools and resources and apps and programs that make it fun and and, and engaging? Um, but also anyone can just do it. Like it's not necessary all the time. <laughs> oh, I love that. Now tell me, I'm curious, uh, what, so you and your husband took 
uh, went on traveling in 2017 and you just basically took your laptop with you. Where, where did you teach from? Oh, so many awesome places. So it's funny because I, I wasn't sure it would work. So we did one trip with some family down to Mexico. I was living in Arizona, so we would go to Mexico once or twice a year to the beach. And I thought, I'm going to tell my students I'll be teaching from there this week. And I found an internet cafe and taught from an internet cafe. And I remember going back to the hotel and just telling my husband, Mike, like, it worked. <laughs> I didn't even realize. Like, it's so awesome. Um, and so that was kind of my trial run. And then we we were kind of nomadic for about two years um, pre-pandemic. And we, I mean, ta- I taught from all over. We did New Zealand. We lived in a camper van in Australia for three weeks. And I taught from a camper van via my phone's hotspot. <laughs> yeah, just so many places. We were in all- did also a camper van in Iceland um, for 10 days. And I always had cell phone service, which we made sure. And so I could just hotspot to my computer. Um, you know, and I wasn't always ideal. But there were so many things I learned about teaching and so many things I learned about listening that made me a better teacher. And, you know, you realize I don't need to talk so much. I need to ask more questions. I need to have them send me recordings. And then I I actually created a video library of all my piano music before I left so I could visually show them what to play. And they had that during the week. So now everyone does that. Everyone records and sends videos back and forth. But my YouTube channel was probably the first one with hundreds of piano songs, tutorials. Now it's common, but I thought this would be a great resource so that I don't have to necessarily have the piano with me. I can just show them the song. <laughs> I've That is so brilliant. Um, I, I want to circle back to what you said, because I think it's incredibly interesting. You learned you were learning how to listen differently and to observe your students differently. Can you expand on that? That I think that might be helpful for yeah. some teachers. Yes. I think one of the, w- one thing you realize, and a lot of teachers notice this when they first got online is how reliant your student is on you being there <laughs> and pointing at the music and for piano teachers, placing their hands and fixing their posture And when you're not there in person, you have to think of other ways to do that. And so it means you have to have more dialogue with the student and ask more questions. And so I I think the listening was not just listening to the music, but making sure the student was understanding. So it was like checking for understanding and what did you hear in the song that you can implement different this week? Instead of me just pushing them over on the piano and showing them, it was, tell me what you heard. Tell me what you need to fix. Tell me, you know, how can we make this song come alive? What can you add? And that, then listening to the student, letting them talk versus just like mm. overrunning the lesson every time. <laughs> Oh, so important. I mean, we talk about that all the time in in pedagogy, you know, our our willingness to, um, you know, in, in for singing lessons, it's always talk less, sing more and letting our students, and trusting, right? Trusting our students that they'll figure it out and that they do have the ability. We just might need to give them more time. Did you ever struggle with students who really needed you in the room or did you find ways to really communicate with them that worked for them? I would say, yes, there is the student that needs the teacher in the room. Um, In those situations, I would try my best to send more videos to them 
or have the parent there and try to explain it to the parent. And the parent is such a great help and they want to be helpful. So especially I would say eight and younger um, students need a parent present or sitting by them. Um, And that was always so helpful because they can kind of be your hands when you're not there. Um, And there are situations where it's not the best for a student to have an online teacher. I always, I tell the teachers I coach, like, use your, listen to your gut. If, it, if it's not the perfect fit and they would be better off with someone local, that's fine. You will find a different student. Um, but that's, I would say that's a very small percentage of students that need that, that can't benefit from the online lesson. Nice. Nice. That's, that's very helpful. Um, what, what were some of the challenges that you faced in the beginning, just kind of getting started? You just started teaching online and you were traveling. What what were some of the big obstacles? Yeah. You know, I, I, I mentioned this on my podcast as well as what took me seven years. <laughs> right. I can now teach you in the semester up through my course. Be- and that's why I created my courses was because it, it takes a long time mm-hmm. to figure out but that's not just online teaching. That's running a studio. That's of course. scheduling and invoicing and how to raise rates and all of those things. So I kind of found myself in this situation where I was trying to build an online studio, figure out how to teach online, but also just build a studio and how to do the marketing and how to have an Instagram account back then and what resources. So I would say like virtual recitals was when I had to really figure out because I didn't want my students to miss out. Um, perfecting pieces was something that I had to figure out how to help them do versus just learning a song and passing it off. So like the performance aspect. Um, And yeah, just making sure students feel motivated. The incentives um, was different because some teachers, you know, when they're in person, they have different games and studio competitions and things like that. So all of those things, there are tweaks, you know, that you can do to make it more efficient online. Nice, nice. Now I have I have a question for you. So you were doing this online teaching long before the pandemic happened. Now, for most teachers or the major well, maybe the majority of teachers, so March 2020 happens and you know, we're scrambling trying to figure it out. But you've been doing it for years. Um can I ask you how that how that did the pandemic change anything for you? I realized about a year before the pandemic in spring of 2019, I wanted to help teachers teach online because I kind of saw what it had done for my life and the flexibility it had given me. um, And I, and I was getting a lot of questions. And so I minimum, I, my studio was shrinking so that I could coach teachers and I had a new baby that year. So I had already taken some time off. So I thought, well, I'm taking time off. I'm going to build some courses. So yeah, my everything shifted, um, and I I launched my first course in December of 2019 on wow. how to teach. Wow! Wow! Yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes! It was smokes. so crazy. Yeah, that. we had around 45 teachers join, or some I don't know, some some number like that. And I thought, wow, there really are teachers who need need this education. And then spring of 2020 hit, and I had this course. I already. It was all ready to purchase. Um, I rebundled, I like repackaged it so teachers could pay what they could afford. 
that month, that month, March of 2020, actually it was probably all of April, all of April. I said, whatever you can afford, PayPal me and I'll send you a link to the course. And I mean, thousands of teachers were so grateful. And that was so fun for me to be able to offer that because I, I wanted teachers to not have to figure it out by themselves. I, I wanted to give them that education. So that was really fun to be able to connect with teachers from all instruments Mm-hmm. all over the world, you know, and show them how to do it. Oh, so it's like you knew you you had some, <laughs> somebody gave you a heads up. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> now, um, when you've worked with a lot of teachers, can I ask, what is the question you get asked the most? Or give me like the top two questions you get asked the most. Yeah. Um, the top two are engagement how to like engage with a student online and marketing, um, how to expand your business and how to, I, I tell teachers, ex- you can expand beyond your community. You can teach during the morning when your kids are at school. If you find students in other time zones, um, you know, there's so many ways to diversify your studio when you're online and they want to know how to do that. Um, another concern, maybe not less of a question, more of a concern is students leaving their studio or like, is this a long-term you know, they this hesitancy teachers have, like, okay, I found an online student, but how long are they going to remain with me, or is this sustainable? Mm. Oh, how do you handle that question? <laughs> um, I think it it all comes back to the quality of your studio. You know, if you have confidence and you know you're a fantastic teacher, then that's all that matters. If they leave, they have to leave for in-person students or online will leave and come and go. Um, I also try to help them with their mind and realizing that fears don't do anything for us. Like having those thoughts and fears about what if, what if, what if that, what it like literally does nothing for um, the growth of a business. If anything, it just stops you. Um, It doesn't cause any good action. It just causes worry. And so when you realize that and you can shift your thoughts, it's really helpful. Mm, uh, yeah, mindset is is everything. Oh, I love that. Um, okay, I, I'm gonna I want to dig a, d- a bit deeper <laughs> here. These are my personal questions. Sure. Yeah. One of the things that really troubled me um, because I saw this in the forums and it and it actually it just made me sad was people would charge less for their online offerings. Like it made my eye twitch, Carly. I was like, please don't do that. But so many teachers thought that it was a less than experience. How do you address that with your students? Oh, gosh. It's so bad for the industry, first of all, which is why it's making your eye twitch. Like it's so bad for the industry. Um, but as a teacher, like devaluing your time and devaluing your worth is not ever something we should do. Um, and I think we all now know that online lessons are just as effective and sometimes even more effective if you have the right setup. Um, but I, I don't, I guess it doesn't surprise me teachers thought that, you know, this all goes back to the teacher who moves to a new area, looks around them, their neighborhood and says, well, she's charging $20 an hour and he's charging $30 an hour. I guess I have to lower my rates. Never, 
Like never. I, I can go back to when I moved from Boston where I got my degree at Berkeley, was so ready to open a studio, and I was moving back to where my family lived in Arizona. And I had sent out an email to my community. I'm going to be teaching. Let me know if you know any students. And a local voice teacher replied to me, who I knew was a family friend, and she just said, just so you know, you can never charge that rate in Mesa. <laughs> oh. And I just laughed. I just laughed and thought, oh, thanks for letting me know. You know, it doesn't matter to me. And I had a full studio within a month with my rate, and which was more. And And she just was trying to tell me, like, that's, I don't know if she was upset at me, or it doesn't matter, but, it, like, the what you charge has everything to do with experience and what you're providing. If you're providing a transformation to a student, period, you charge what you need to charge. And it doesn't matter if that's online or in person or if it's in Nova Scotia or if it's in Texas. Like, it doesn't matter. And I, I try to drill that into teachers. They have to get the nerve and they have to take, take a leap to raise their rates. And I just had someone post in our membership yesterday who said he just raised his rates. He was thrilled because everyone stayed except for one high-maintenance student. <laughs> <laughs> and that's usually what happens when you right? raise your rates. You kind of lose those students that aren't as committed, which is maybe a good thing. I want to thank you for saying that. And I agree with everything you're saying. And I know personally people that have done exactly what you said. They've opened a studio and they've set out their prices and then local people. I've, I've have friends that even family told them that they were charging more sure. and how, I mean, as if running a business isn't hard enough that people have to get into your, into your confidence by saying things like that. But I want to thank you for that. Cause I think that that is, is so important. And more and more teachers are recognizing that they are offering such amazing like you said, transformation and amazing opportunities with their studios. And I think the other two thing that teachers forget is that we, we have this one-on-one -on -one relationship. Like yeah. I, you know, when I, when I take my son to all of his events, they're all group lessons. And uh, like, he doesn't have a private lesson with this coach and a private lesson. Like I recognize that this is group activity and I would be paying a lot more if it was private. Right. right. So I want to thank you for bringing that up. I, um, I wanted to ask you uh, more of a personal question. So uh, we were talking a little bit before I hit record and um, I hope it's okay if I tell everybody that you have four children <laughs> <laughs> and what are their ages? Well, our oldest is five. Wow. Oh, my gosh. She's almost six. She's almost six. So she's six in a few weeks. So Whitney is six. Mara is four. Becca is 20 months. So she's oh a year and a gosh. half. And our newest baby is eight weeks. Oh, my so gosh. Oh, my goodness. Eight weeks. Okay. So yeah. here's my question for you, super mom. Um yeah. How do you get that life balance? Like you've got four kids, you're running, you're an entrepreneur running a business coaching. Are you, now you're still teaching? Yes. I'm not at this moment. Right. I, I, well, oh, fair I enough. Baby. You just had a baby. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a few students I've hung on to over the years. Um, but just a few because of the 
help, helping our children and really shifting my focus to helping teachers. So I, I teach when I can, but I know that that's just the season of life. Like I season, my teaching will be lifelong, you know, mm -hmm. I'm sure for you as well. Like yep. it's a passion. It's just the season right now, not as much. <laughs> Fair, fair. How do you how do you find that balance? How do you manage a, a young, sure. very young family and a very successful business? You know, something I learned from a coach recently, actually not well, within the last few years, a mentor of mine, is that there's really no such thing as balance. And that actually really helps me because I'm not like, I don't have this inner conflict of like, my life's not balanced. It's like, actually... That's just called life. <laughs> and especially when you choose to be an entrepreneur. And, you know, I have people all the time, you're so lucky. You and your husband work from home. Your kids are at home. And we really are. We have so much flexibility. But we've chosen that. And with that comes a lot of sacrifice. Like, guess what? I hardly ever watch shows. Like, I don't have time for Netflix. Like, Maybe once a week, we'll sit down and watch something together, and that's really fun. Um, I don't, like, do a lot of extra things. I manage my time. I batch everything I do, meaning I do, like, all my social media posts in a few hours for the month. Um, I do all of my marketing planning tight. You know, I, I tell myself, like, okay, if I these are my time blocks. I have a babysitter this week. I will get what I need to get done during that time. Like, I will get it done. I just know I will versus telling myself I need more time all the time because that just is a frustration. Um, and that's come with a lot of practice. You know, when I first started coaching teachers and I, when you start any kind of course or program, it, the work is never ending. Like it's, I, I, it's never ending. So there's a couple of things that help. The first one is B minus work. <laughs> like my B minus work is still helping people. Mm. And when I started my podcast, you know, podcasts, like you could work on scripting episodes for oh, gosh. many hours. Uh huh. Yeah. And I, I had to tell myself like B minus podcasts, but guess what? A hundred episodes later, like how many people have benefited from my B minus podcast episodes? Yeah. yeah. And that is the difference in time. Like, sure. If I was single and had, could work from eight to five, I, it would look different. But for me, it's like two hours a day, maybe, you know, or or four hours on one day. And so I just tell myself like, okay, I will, when I'm working, I work. When I'm with my kids, I'm with my kids. Um, and I'm there and that helps me mentally as well. Like, I don't feel like when I'm working, like, oh, I wish I was with them. No, I spend most of my time with them. And when I'm working, I can really just zero in on what I need to get done. I, that was a lot. Sorry. I don't no, know. That, that, I, no, I want to thank you for that. I, I think that is probably the most helpful conversation you know we see that and this is one of I'm just sharing personally uh, my heart always hurts when I'm in my forums I'm talking to people and I see that they're teaching you know a million students and they're working ridiculous hours and they don't they're struggling to, to find time for their family and you know my biggest if I can share this with you my biggest like my I literally get chest pains <laughs> when I see like young women who are about to have babies who are like so stressed out about how are they going to manage the baby and their business and all oh, I'm going to teach right up until I give birth. And I think, well, that, 
that would that's a nice thought, but what's your other plans, right? And I so I want to thank you for sharing that. I think it's helpful uh, to all of us. And I'm certainly guilty for that too. I'm certainly guilty mm. for, for, for choosing work sometimes when maybe I should have chosen my family. And I, and I look back on that and I, I hope yeah. that teachers don't make that mistake. Uh, you know, and it's good to have passions. I mm-hmm. honestly believe we're given the gifts we're given, not just for our kids. Like I love my children and I will give them all I can give them. But I also recognize that my talents as a musician and now as a coach, like the magnitude we will never know because when we bless a student, they might become a teacher. When we help a teacher, how many people are they going to go teach? Like, and I think keeping that perspective and never allowing the guilt to creep in, like, unless it's motivating you to make change, that's fine, but it doesn't need to, uh, I don't know, cause a lot of negativity. And I also wanted to add another thing with, as in, in terms of how many hours we're working. Um, I love to, at the beginning of the year, teachers should be looking at finances and not just letting it happen, but looking at the year and saying, okay, what do I need to, what, how much do I need to make? Is it 60 grand this year? Is it a hundred grand? minus your expenses and then look at, look at, so I I basically built a calculator that helps you put all these numbers in (laughs) and you put in what you want to make, you put in how many teachers is, or sorry, not teachers, how many students is ideal. So if it's 30 students max and you just do the math, like, oh, that's what I need to be charging. (laughs) And it's a wake up call because it tells you either you need to be charging more if you want to work less or you need to be working more if you don't want to raise your rates. It's kind of like this really simple solution and wake up call to like, oh, if I want to make that, I got to raise my rates. I got to double my my rates. Oh, that is so good. Uh, Now you have, first of all, beautiful website, by the way. Um, uh, Teach Music Online is really clean. Uh, I love a good website. Uh, It's easy to navigate. You've done such a good job. Can you let everybody know about your membership? Because you're you're doing so much and you've got these great courses for everybody. Sure. So as I mentioned, I started a course. The first course was pre-pandemic. Since then, that first 40 video course has probably multiplied by 10. Um, As I have, as I have watched um, technology grow and change, resources come alive, you know, so everything that has happened because of the pandemic um, has helped teachers be more effective teachers. So my course basically walks teachers through the setup is just phase one of seven. So like the tech setup, um, choosing the right software, uh, elements of teaching, so like methods. And then we go into the second half of the course is all about automating your business. So reviews, Google business, Facebook business, social media, building a website, wow. um, streamlining like the marketing so that you're just getting inquiries mm-hmm. and then automating like the onboarding process for students, helping them get set up online. And then um, how to market and how to create marketing systems so that you're never like in it stressed out about students, but you kind of always have this stream of students that are building a wait list for you. Mm, um, and then I have a brand new course that's teaching teachers how to create courses. So oh, how wow. to, yeah, how to build content like I've done, um, how to video, how to script videos, how to do market research, um, and then how to 
produce it and put it online and host it online? Where, what, what do you even use? How do you sell products online? So that teachers can start creating passive income on the side. You know, maybe it's like a beginner guitar course or it's a beginner voice course or yeah. um, how to sing pop songs or something that you can sell <laughs> yeah. like, on your website that's already recorded. You know, it's, oh. it's really fun. So good. Now, you mentioned to me earlier that you have a free marketing webinar. Can you tell everybody a little bit about that? Yes. On the website, teachmusic.online, I have a free marketing class. And this is really a 50-minute class with my best quick tips for gathering students. And really, it's teaching you how to pivot. A lot of teachers who are online um, they haven't pivoted their methods or how they view themselves. And so it teaches you how to kind of pivot your perspective and your teaching so that you're set up to do the marketing. Um, we talk about getting how to get reviews, little tips about how to share on social media, how to build a website. Um, yeah, it's really fun. I've had it on my website for a few months now and teachers really have enjoyed it. Oh, that is so generous. I, I want to thank you. You really are, uh, you really are, um, uh, helping teachers and and it's it's truly heartfelt and and I love I love what you're doing I, I really appreciate all the work and all the information you've given to people in our industry. Um, I want to let everybody know uh, about your podcast, which uh, I have listened to. And I actually, some of my colleagues were on your podcast. So it was so nice to hear some of my friends. But tell everybody about the, um, the Teach Music Online podcast. Yes. So I started the Teach Music Online podcast in 2020, um, just as another resource to help teachers. And it's been so fun. I share tips from myself at basically everything in my courses, kind of in bite-sized podcast episodes. Um, but also we have experts on who talk about all kinds of things as far as not just teaching online, but um, how to be a mom while teaching online. We just had a guest on that. We talked to a teacher about moving to another country and how she kept all of her students. Um, we have experts on there just on all different topics on composition and improvisation and builders of different apps and software who I like to interview to kind of hear like the backstory of oh, that's why cool. they created. Yeah, like why, why they created what they created and why teachers should use it. It's it's really fun. And it's so fun because I'm sure as you know, like the list of things you want to talk about is never ending. Yes. And it's surprising, right? Like you're like, am I going to run out of topics? And I don't think ever. <laughs> no. And uh, for me, I, and again, like talking to you today has been so, so lovely. I look at it, I always say to my husband, so it's like, you know, when I have a podcast, I always make new friends. So now you and I are friends. So if I have questions, I'm going to call you and good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I want, I'll email you. How's that? Um, Carly, so, I, can I add to that? You know, yes. I, t I told my husband with podcasting, like, you know, what's cool is like, I get to talk to another adult for an hour. <laughs> and like, I'm not on my phone. I'm not like, listening to children like someone else is with them and I think that has just been so fun with podcasting is we get to just have real heartfelt conversations that I honestly don't know that that happens 
very often as a young mother, you know, mm. on a weekly basis, it just doesn't happen as much. So it's really fun for me. <laughs> I, I agree. Um, I don't, I don't have little ones, but I do have a 12 year old that wants to talk about baseball. So when I come on my podcast, I don't have to talk about baseball unless <laughs> you've got a favorite team and you want to talk about them right now. <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> Now I want I have one final question for you. Um we're just starting the new year. What does 2023 have for you and your business? What's anything exciting or for your family? Oh, there's so many fun things. So something a lot of people don't know is that my husband and I run a travel website as well. Wow. <laughs> and so he does travel photography and travel video with our girls. So we are planning a trip to Guatemala in April oh, and wow. we'll be down there for three weeks. Yeah, I'm so excited. And there's a volcano down there called Volcano Fuego. It's, in, it's near um, Antigua. If anyone knows, it's like a very romantic city, Antigua. It's so beautiful. But there's a, an, a volcano there that erupts every hour, every twice an hour or something. And you can go down there, you can hike the mountain next to it and get video and photos with this volcano that's erupting. We actually did this three years ago, ago with our girls and we're going back because we love it so much. So that's the first thing that comes to my mind, not business related, but we just get to go to Guatemala again. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, that sounds... I, I need to come to Nova Scotia. <laughs> oh, my God. You, I, okay, for f full disclosure, not during the winter. No, no. <laughs> but no, Nova Scotia, I would love to host you. Please bring the girls. <laughs> bring the okay. girls. Bring your husband. That would be so much fun. I, I Carly, I want to thank you. This has been a lovely, inspiring conversation. And um, I want to thank you for the work that you've done and helping teachers in our industry and just sharing, uh, you know, that that forward thinking and positive mindset. I love it. I love what you're doing. And I want to thank you for being on, on the podcast. Thank you, Nikki. Thanks so much. A very special thank you to Carly for that beautiful conversation. And friends, I put links in the show notes to Carly's website and to her podcast. Be sure to check that out. She has some amazing opportunities for teachers who are looking for more information about teaching online. As always, my friend and colleague, I am wishing you again a happy new year, inspired teaching, and happy singing. <laughs>